Ohio, we started with a laugh. That was great. It was like the cold <laughs> open of SNL. That was exciting. Hey, it's uh, me, Brittle Star, and uh, you're listening to and or watching Podcast is Broken, a brand new series that doesn't feature just me, of course. So you guys can, you guys can introduce yourselves. And, and so if, if you don't know what I do, I make videos on the Internet. And um, that's the wrong answer when asked by U.S. Customs Guard what you do for a living. Um, unless they happen to have seen one of your videos, then it's the right answer. So that's what I do, and occasionally sort of poke my head into news and current events and all that kind of stuff and uh, try to make sense of the world. And that's what I'm hoping to do with this uh, little series as well. Who's going to take it from here? Who's next? Oh, I can jump in. Uh, my name is Steve Boots. Uh, I am a full-time teacher in Regina, Saskatchewan, and I uh, basically work full-time on the side as a content creator. I... Uh, record on tiktok uh, i stream on twitch and youtube and all manner of things but the the big thing for me is just i love talking about current events i think it's important to talk about politics but also just like ever since i was a kid arguing with my brother while watching the daily show it's just what i love so i'm here to argue with you two about politics Bring it amazing on. amazing Last but certainly not least. <clears throat> My name is Lisa. I go by Lisa B0923 on TikTok. I talk a lot about politics, uh, specifically in Alberta, but I like to spread my wings every once in a while. Um, I think it's important that we bring things to the people. I think a lot of people are overwhelmed a lot of the time with what's going on, and I think it's important that we break it down for them so that they can absorb it like we do. And uh, I will fight the two of you. I don't care. <laughs> 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 that's good i was concerned you're gonna to get too earnest i was really worried i was like oh gosh he's gone all earnest that's no good no it'll pass quickly yeah. who's gonna to listen to that so here's a question for you guys that i thought we should start with is um so this uh, podcast is broken series is is the aim is to talk about news events happening in and of and, and to canada um, because I think there's a kind of a need for that, for the, somewhere people to go to digest. And certainly with you guys, that's what I do with your content is I'll learn so much about what's <laughs> happening in areas that I might not have seen in the paper or seen online or whatever. And I get a good, it feels like you guys really chew it up and spit it out. And it's also entertaining and comedic and all that kind of stuff. I just take really broad stroke stuff and skip the details. It's much easier. Um, <laughs> like any but, politician. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, so, yeah, I think but one of the things that's interesting to me is is, is <clears throat> deciding like how much news is too much news because there's a there's a there's a little bit of like social media already has like a FOMO aspect to it. Like your your fear of missing out if you don't keep scrolling and TikTok's really good at that. Instagram's really good at that. And I think with news, I, you know, it was, I think for the past certainly the past sort of eight to 10 years for me. It's like whenever something's happened around the world, I want to know what happened like right now. I want updates. Right? Why is there no updates right now? And then I think to myself, well, that can't be healthy. You know what I mean? So how do you know well, how much news is too much news? When your eyes start to cross, <laughs> it's time to put it down. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's something to be said for me. It's I know I'm news overdosed when I start to feel a little despondent. Mm. Um like it it can get overwhelming there's no doubt and i think lisa and i both come from a place of like you know we we both i know started as sort of avid consumers of news and then right. just started loving taking our love of yammering about the news and not having friends who wanted to listen to us yammer about the news mine do not talk on politics at all and inflicted really? on don't, strangers you exactly. don't talk politics to, to friends at all not at all really no um, honestly, like if you think about it, like most people in their day to day life don't want to <laughs> get into like the serious structural mm -hmm. underpinnings of the problems our society faces. Sure. They want to say like, hey, you hear that, you know, I live in Saskatchewan. So it's like you hear that so and so's cows got out on the weekend or like, you know. The important <laughs> the, the stuff. Page, yeah. The yeah. front page news can be a little tame sometimes. There's there's stuff, but it's it's I, I think it comes from a place of just like we we enjoy consuming the news and like talking about it. But when you start to feel despondent, when it starts to feel really like this is just there's too many problems. That's right. that's when I take a step back. Yeah. 
Um, but the other thing that I find is you got to be able to keep laughing at it. There's silly stuff always. And that yeah. helps me manage it. I don't know about you guys. I, I mean, just, I know you you find a way somehow. Well, I mean, there's, there's the absurdity of it. I think that's what struck me in the past. Cause I've never been into politics at all in my life. I, I always thought it was silly and horrible and gross and slimy and sleazy. And it, it is all of those things. However, the, the line of what was defining politics to me kind of kind of grew quite a bit. And it was kind of that realization like, oh, wait, this is going to impact me. It's not just some weird tax policy that I'll never feel. It's it's now, oh, oh. battery exhausted. It was wah, a really good part too. <laughs> I mean, I've been there, camera. Oh, my we're, that. We're, it's Monday. Pattern, it's Monday. <laughs> I like the colors. The colors are I good. I do like the colors as well. Yeah, actually. it's a nice it's touch. Maybe we'll just go without my. You guys talk more, and then I'll just fix the camera. Okay. You just, you just, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll people, visually people describe listen, Stuart. If for the people listening, nothing has happened to them at all. <laughs> They're like, why is he panicked? We got rid of him. We got rid exactly. of him. If you're listening to this podcast, business as usual. Right? Don't worry. This about is it. it. Exactly. It's, Everything's fine. It's in the title. The podcast is broken. It's just That's the right. Start. Exactly. I'm living up to it. There you it's go. perfect. And um, I am a technical genius. I, uh, Alicia, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, I, I think I think Steve has it is that when I start when I get to a place where I don't think I can make it funny or bring some levity to it so that people would understand it, um, then I have to take a break. And I, you know, I sometimes I say, oh, I'll take weekends off, but it depends on what's happening in the world. Right. But I think it's important to take a break every once in a while. Because, I mean, I'm sure I can speak for Steve. Like, we put a lot into this, right? We sure. we research things. We want to make sure. You really sure, do. Yeah. Both of you do. Yeah. yeah. We want to make sure that we're getting out the right stuff. Because there's so much wrong that's being put out. Um, that sometimes you just have to take a break. But I feel like that is a large majority of the population that feel that. That everything is too sad or too depressing or too insurmountable. So my goal is to make it so that they get it. They understand it without having to do all the hard work. So, you know, I, I think you're pointing to something um, really important, though, is that you you we, we are trying to focus on sort of the empathetic side of it mm. and finding those things for people to connect to right. in the stories. And I think that makes it more manageable mm -hmm. in my mind mm -hmm. is because it doesn't feel as bleak because you're always looking for sort of the humanity and things you're looking for um, the path forward and you're trying to help offer that to people. Cause I think the people who feel sad and despondent about the news are the ones who genuinely care. Yeah. yeah. And they're the ones and... they can't, they can't, right? Like, I mean, being an empathetic person, it's hard sometimes. Right. So um, the best compliments I get is thanks for breaking that down. Thanks for making me understand yeah. it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the thing for me as well as I mean, and a much like you said, you guys are so researched in what you do and it's uh, evident when you that there's so much entertainment and comedy in what you're doing. But at the same time, I feel like I'm not being misled. I feel like I'm getting the actual information from you about the story. Whereas for me, it's much more broad stroke. It's much more uh, like I'll look at a situation and go, okay, am I understanding this correctly? And then I'll confirm that I'm understanding it correctly. And then I'll just make fun of the broadest possible aspect of that without getting into the weeds, basically, for me. Because I know I'll probably try to, in any effort of making a joke, I'd end up, you know, trying to screw it up or end up screwing it up or, or, or saying the wrong thing <laughs> or putting out some more and for misinformation or something. But I mean, for there's there's this aspect to me of having too much news for me, at least during the pandemic was really evident where I felt totally helpless. Mm. Like I felt mm. like incredibly helpless and it was, I wanted to consume more and I wanted to be keeping up to date and I wanted to keep, you know, myself informed. But at the same time I was like, I don't know if I can take much more of this because I can, I can affect so little of what's happening in the world. And it wasn't just the pandemic. It was like, Things that were happening, you know, uh, with wars and and poverty and and inequality and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I can't. It feels like I'm I'm consuming this and I'm getting all uptight about it and high, and anxious and high blood pressure. But I can't do anything about it at all. Like, do you guys ever get that way where you're thinking, Oh my God! Like this place is going to hell. Yeah. But I'm <laughs> I'm stubborn, so like you just have to keep going. Um, right. I think, I mean, I'm, 
I think most of us came to the platforms that we came to during the pandemic, right? And part of it was like, mm-hmm. oh, I got a lot of spare time. But part of it was like, where do you, where do you get it out, right? And so I think that's, for me at least, was, okay, well, I'm in Alberta, so, you know, COVID central. Um, that's how things started to happen. And, you know, I, I kind of feel a bit of a responsibility to, to get the messaging out to people, um, mm-hmm. because I know it can be hard, you know, and if you don't want to watch the news or you don't want to read the newspaper or whatever mainstream media, um, it's important for people to, to know what's going on, even if it's just a little bit, right? That's, I think you, you pointed to something that's really important there is that like once when you start talking about news on or, or current events or social social issues on something like TikTok or social media, once you start to have a platform, I think, you know, anybody who's using that platform well and doing something worth doing immediately feels the weight of responsibility that comes with their platform, mm. like to get it right, to be upfront, to be direct to be like to to, like people give you a lot of trust right like like whenever somebody says you're my only news source my immediate reaction is thank you that's very kind please Please don't don't make that the case (laughs) what a terrible mistake (laughs) right like 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 that's kind of you to say i know you think that's a compliment but yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) but like you you feel a real weight of responsibility but the other thing you feel and and become acutely aware of is like the the bad actors who twist up these stories to to serve their own ends, and we know who they are out there. We'll we'll Voldemort them. We won't mm-hmm. name any, but um, for now, we, we <laughs> for now. Uh, although I'll, I'll tell the story part? in a second, but uh, um, like we, it's so obvious how quickly those platforms could be turned to problematic uses, right? Mm. And so I think. The good news is that somebody who's able to build that kind of platform, especially as a as a progressive or a leftist, is is probably doing it from some sort of set of values because nobody's doing it to get right. rich, right? So what? generally, I think <laughs> I know. I was surprised too. See, what you guys got to do is dumb it down and go for the goal, right? like I tried like... to. Yeah. So the one story that I do want to share, though, uh, I don't know if you want to name them or not, but a certain uh, right-leaning news outlet who claims to be a charity um, (laughs) in a YouTube video called me out as an unhinged leftist. And it was hilarious because I was like funny, very calmly explaining why people should have housing. Right. <laughs> There's this like on him. lunatic. One of my favorites <laughs> is we'll say a former hockey player who enjoys oh yeah. duty <laughs> called me a communist once. <laughs> I was like that's you don't know what that means, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> it's it's been interesting for me because I mean having doing been doing this and making making content for like over ten years as like a full time gig. It's gone from like really goofy entertainment stuff to uh, you know when Trump was elected in the states and and that whole lead up and stuff and it was like it was evident to me it was like this is not a good thing, and uh, you would get uh, people chirping you basically, mm-hmm. and um, but they would say all sorts of things and it's just like they're, they're just kind of parroting back and I don't it always felt like they were just trying to save face more than anything else you know it's like sort of yelling at something as you're running away from a fight basically. So, yeah, it's like when you when you watch the news these days, it becomes increasingly a battle of sound bites. But the other thing that happens is the more you look for it, the more you realize that almost everything that you read or a huge portion of what you read is either a reaction to things or a reaction to a reaction to things. Yeah. 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 And so there's so much noise and nonsense. And so I think a lot gets lost in that for sure. I think sometimes I'm going to try to change. My, oh, sorry, go ahead. You can talk while I'm going to change okay. the battery in this camera if I can. I think it's, I, you know, I know there's the FOMO about, oh, I'm going to miss out and I need to know this now. And But I think there's something to be said for just taking a breath because things change so quickly in real time. Right. And that's I usually like my. My versions of the stories or my recounts of the stories are usually one or two days behind. I mean, that's for me. Um, just because I can't keep up sometimes, right? Like, I mean, 
I got a job. Daddy bucks aren't paying my much these days. But <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, like, I think it's important. And because I take that responsibility of making sure that I'm breaking it down correctly, I'm getting all the information. Um, it, it, but I would rather, like, for me, I would rather take a few important stories and nail them. And I know, Steve, you have, mm. like, I don't know how you do it in a day. Bless your heart. <laughs> Bless your heart. Um, I couldn't do what you do. Um, I don't want to do what you do, but no, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there and I think we just have to, you take the things that you think are important to the, the audience, but more importantly, you take the things that you think are important to you and you break it down and they, mm-hmm. that resonates, I think. I, I think you're a hundred percent right. And I think there's, there's sort of two things to, to highlight here. One is I think it's always important to remember and I think I think we're both very aware of this is like that what we do is something different than journalism <laughs> and and sort of alongside yeah. journalism like like we like I very like we're not quite commentary. We're not quite journalism. We're almost like like um, I don't I, like I haven't come up with the right. We need word to for it. we need to come up with the word. Right. Be, we need to figure that out. Right. Because our work relies on original journalism. I think that's always really important to highlight and really important to remember. Like, I don't know if you get this, but like I get approached by people who want me to cover a story that affects them. And it's like that's I, I appreciate that you think I can, but wow. I don't have the skills or the resources. Yeah. I'm not yeah. a journalist. I'm a, I'm a guy on this phone. I, ha- I had to stop <laughs> you know, looking like, at messages because people would ask this and I w- would love to help. But like, I can't do everything. Right. And so um, it's the same thing. I know you get it, Steve. People saying you guys should go into politics. You should run for this. And it's like, oh, absolutely yeah, totally. not. I couldn't. No. I couldn't do this <laughs> if I like held a position. Right. There's. Well, and that's it. Like I, I whenever somebody says you should be a politician to somebody who isn't a politician, but breaks down politics or discusses it or does commentary. The, the, the thing you always have to remember is you need people on the outside who are speaking truth mm-hmm. to power. Yeah. Right. And like I very much view myself as like almost like a <laughs> like a court jester, like the guy yeah, who has totally. no skin in the game, who will just yeah. like. Like I like as soon as soon as somebody starts like living in Ottawa and doing journalism, they now personally know the people they're talking about. It gets harder. They have that little coloring that goes, oh, he's a good guy. Yeah. Though. <laughs> right. Right. And and so I'm very guarded against that. I worry about that because it's really important to look at this stuff very analytically and very honestly and to have people who are doing that. And the more you start to get like intermixed the more complicated it yeah. gets. Right. Why well, is also part, sorry, I didn't interrupt. No, go ahead. I, I think that's also one of those things where it's, you have to realize that when it comes to politics specifically, that politics is, a, it's its own game. It's its own beast. It's its own dance. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, why don't they just do this? It's like, well, of course they would just do that. If they could just it's do like, that. Oh, like, just is just that all that it. has yes. to happen? Yeah. Oh, is that <laughs> it? Just the the skill set to be a good advocate versus the skill set to be an effective political operator are oh completely God. different. Absolutely. Polar opposites. And it's, I mean, it's super easy for, I think, all three of us to kind of sit on the sidelines in the news and read it and go, this is the issue. I think it's important, certainly what you guys do and what I aim to do a little bit is to sort of put things into perspective so that, in my case, people can watch the content I'm creating and go, well, he's an idiot. I'm an idiot and we're both on the same page. Okay. So like, I got that right. Okay, good. Um, compared to like, you know, actually being in the middle of the dance of saying like, if I, w- I want to get this done, that means it's this person's going to, I've seen the West wing. I know how it works. Right. Right. I know how it works. You've got to do this to get this and this to get this. And well, it's, and it's, that's it. The horse trading and stuff. I, I couldn't do it. No. I like you need to like, the the problem that I have, and and it is a problem in in the context of like the idea of being a politician, and I feel like you have this too, Lisa. Is I have the inability to look at somebody and tell them something I don't sincerely believe. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Can't do it. And I have as a no, politician, I have no, I have no problems with that at all. But you get paid but the as a big politician, bucks. Sometimes you need to be <laughs> That's able to right, exactly. do that. You seen my camera? Right? Sometimes you've got to play yeah. the game. You got to say the right thing to yeah, get the no, you person do. to agree with yeah. you. 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny. It's interesting. You know, we had uh, this isn't uh, this is like a humble brag or an attempted humble brag or anything. But we're in Ottawa. We got invited to go to the PMO's office. We got like a a message uh, from the chief of staff and she was like, come in. Would you be interested in coming in? I was like, sure. So Shannon and I went. We met and uh, he was Prime Minister Joe was very gracious. He was very he's like he knows what he's doing. He's like the guy is like he's very good at his job. Whether you like him or not, it's like, this is a guy who's good. He's charming, he's congenial and all that kind of stuff. But I went in there thinking to myself, I don't know if he's the right guy for the job. He's going through a hard time and personally and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Maybe he's, maybe it's time to like step down and let somebody else take up this battle. And after 20 minutes of talking to the guy and then asking him point blank, I was like, are you ready for this like next chapter that's about to happen? And he, he looked at me and he kind of looked down at the ground and looked back up and he went, absolutely. And I went... I think I believe you. I think, I think, but I mean, it was, it wasn't a case of him just like, I'm going to do the right thing. And I'm amazing. It was like, I know I'm going to have to do five steps back and eight steps forward and then two steps back. And I, he's going to do all those dance moves. And that's a skill set on its own, entirely on its own. But there's, there's another thing in there too. In, and like, you know, call it arrogance, call it swagger, whatever. Oh yeah. In order to sincerely believe that you have what it takes to run a country, mm-hmm. you need to be un- un- unbelievably sure of yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that manifests right? like, itself in different the, ways. The man people. can declare war. Okay. Yeah. Like who, who, who wakes up in the morning is like, yeah, I think I got Forget that. the running the country. That's fine. People, people have done that before. <laughs> But you have to run the country with people flying <laughs> flags with your name on it. Like, it's a whole different entity. Oh, I can't imagine. And, like, like, have you been, Stuart, to Western Canada since all this <laughs> yes. Trudeau madness oh, is yes. lost yeah. in marbles? Yeah, we took the book like, tour out to Calgary and stuff. And uh, in, in Regina, it's on, like, trucks on trucks. Yeah. It's in, like, daycare parking yeah. lots. Like, I, like, literally, you cannot drive five minutes without seeing one in Regina. But I mean, it's, I think that whole thing was, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, not to give him too much sympathy, but I think, you know, when Trudeau stepped in, he was like a ray of sunshine, mm-hmm. sunny days, sunny ways. And, uh, and then he sort of <laughs> went into Trump time and then we went into the pandemic and I'm like, man, that is a rough roll of the dice. Uh, Bad timing. Doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> yeah, he got a tough girl. There's no doubt. He's yeah, been, exactly. He's been it is pr- rough compared to like. He's been Joe primed Clark, for this since he was like a baby, <laughs> and, and that's the totally. time that he picks. Yeah, I know. His dad bounced him and said, "What's going to be your right? FLQ?" <laughs> And he's like, <laughs> just joking. That'll never happen again. Nothing like that will happen. Um, but uh, now I'm just picturing him flipping off the West from a train and going, this won't have any long term consequences. <laughs> <laughs> this will end. He's like, but me. my dad, who never had flags with his name on it. <laughs> exactly. Right. People loved him. It was like Beatlemania. <laughs> Um, but I think, you know, it's, 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 he, not to give him too much sympathy. Um, but at the same time, it would be, it would be so hard to stay focused and to stay motivated. You would need to have that shield of ego. You would need to think you are like the, the, you know, the big man. Um, and if you can do it, I mean, that's great. And I think I was going to say it manifests itself in different ways. Um, but I was going to say about the oh about the uh, the F Trudeau flags and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's I think that all you know as we saw it coming out of Trump, coming out of the pandemic, and uh, I wrote about this last week, saying about how I, my theory is that this is the first time in history for a lot of people, meaning a lot in personal history of these people, um, that the news has affected them. And I don't think the news has ever affected their lives before ever because you look at the swath of people mm-hmm. of, that that are doing it. There's not a lot of uh, immigrants doing it, you know. There's not a lot of uh, non-white people doing it, and uh, these are all people who are driving nice trucks and stuff. And it's like, what? How can you mean the things in the newspaper affect me too? And I think that that was so terrifying. And to give them credit, it must have been absolutely terrifying. And I think they they see people like Trudeau and they see you know the vaccine and all that kind of stuff. And they they, they they this is this is what's happening. Obviously, this because this has never happened before. The news has never affected me before, and it suddenly affects me. That means someone's out to get me, and it's probably that guy that's out to get me. <laughs> so I think the second layer to that, too, during that time period is that um, 
awareness of news became equated to safety yeah. to yeah, some degree. Absolutely. It felt like the more you knew about COVID, the, the better you could handle it. If you just disinfected your groceries, just so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you watch sure. that, 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 you know, 15 minute special on how to properly put a mask on. And then like a year later, you're rooting around yeah. for it on the floor of your car. Yeah. But like, I think people, um, news, consuming news became a bit of a security blanket for one group of people. Sure. And the other, another group of people took that stress in the absolute wildly opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And I think, but in both cases, it's a very natural stress reaction. And I think that's part of the underlying issue is that that super ever present 24 hour news cycle pressure to make news scary. So yeah. people keep watching. Yeah. And yeah, so sure. people get stressed and then those stress reactions prompt fight or flight. Some people, you know, lock themselves in their houses out of necessity in some cases and in other cases just because it was scary times, man. Yeah, I think and you... some people went the other way and got angry. And yeah. were but do you remember hospitals. like the month think... or month and a half when everybody was on the same page? <laughs> Right? Oh, right? Everybody yeah. went for walks. Yeah. Everybody so got like, dies, March and right? April. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, <laughs> March, March, March break's never going to end. This is great. The and weather just keeps just... getting better. It was, it was like when Pokemon Game right? Go came out. Right? Even... Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> well, exactly. But I think there's, you're exactly right. I think news became a comfort for a lot of people. Like, certainly myself, it became a comfort. It's like, yes, feed me information. I want the prime minister to stand out in his little cottage steps. And I want him to tell me what to do. And I want Dr. Tam to come out and talk to me and, be, and me to be, think to myself, oh, God, I got to make a video because that is really dry. And uh, I, I want that. But some people heard like those threats essentially distilled down to do this or you're going to die or kill your family. And I heard that as, oh, I better do that. I don't want to kill myself or my family. And other people heard that heard that as a, just a, a threat. Do this or you're going to die. Your family's going to die. There's no choice. You know well, what I mean? And so I, I, I permit me to be a teacher nerd for a second here. <laughs> so this is this is a principle that. <laughs> but this is a principle that comes up in classroom management. If you are like a rules-based, authority-based classroom management, kids aren't going to follow it. No. Because rules yeah. are dares to be defied, right? Sure. And so the way that you build an actual functional classroom is through community value building, by building a sense of collective responsibility to one another, instead of building it over a basis of threat. And so I think that's where things went a little bit wrong. Hmm. is that the ideal behind it was positive, but the way that it came out was it, it, it was communicated to a lot of people in ways that felt like oppressive bans rather than community protection. For and sure. I don't know how you would do it better. Like, I don't sit no, here I don't to know pretend either. to That's have an answer. Because okay, it was but, life and but, death. But here's the I thing. Mean, you know like, right? Yeah. The West hated Trudeau before COVID. Like, that's just a historic generational mm. voting thing. So having a time machine, wouldn't it be interesting to see what the difference would have been had there been a conservative government in place? Because I guarantee you, if we're talking dictatorship, a conservative government certainly would have imposed that authoritarianism, sure. right? They, they would have had no choice but to do <laughs> right. functionally exactly. the same basic exactly. things. Because everything, like the economy was under attack. Everything. I think that was the big thing to me was during, it was and like, what can we do to get out of this? Because the economy yes. will not yeah. survive much longer. So yes. let's, let's figure this out. But like, if you, if you want to pretend that the conservatives wouldn't have put in COVID restrictions, the Donald Trump Republicans yeah. put in COVID restrictions. Yeah. Which I love. Like, it, it, it was going to yeah. happen. There was no I, way around it. I love the people that are in Canada and Canadians complaining about, uh, you know, this, like, I got to get shots before I can cross the border. It's like, guys, not our rule. It's, That's it's a whole lot of, rule. you know, we've had these battles of. Also can't right. take yeah. a peach down there. Good luck. <laughs> or a yeah. kinder egg. A kinder egg. Don't do that. Yeah. A kinder oh, egg. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. With the kinder right. egg. That's we'll nature's deadliest killer. Um, exactly. But it, I mean, it's just, <laughs> look, we, we've never been through that. You know, um, we've had historic world events in our generations where for a moment in time, we were all kind of glued at the same time. But for something to go on six months, a year, um, really showed the different breakdowns of groups 
And when we're talking about news, and we're sure. talking about how it's impactful and it became a me, not a we issue. Like there's so much that happened on a so- sociological, you know, anthropological level. Oh my God. Um, Social, yeah. It brought out the best and the worst in people. And I think we're, forget even COVID, yeah. we're going to be reeling from that for the next while. Yeah. I know. I always get told by people like, it's enough about the pandemic. Stop talking about the pandemic. And it's like, guys, we yeah. need to talk about this because yeah. it was pretty dark. It was pretty hard. It was the first <laughs> time in a lot of our lives where what I yeah. did affected my neighbors. It's like we have neighbors on one side who get who, like they, they get blazed all the time. They're the nicest people in the world. They, they have like rough looking sorts hanging out, but they're just lovely and they're nice people. I don't care what they do. It's fine because it doesn't affect me. And as long as they're nice to me, that's great. But then suddenly during the pandemic, it was like, holy fuck, wear a mask because you're going to kill me. You know what I mean? And I need to work. And uh, it's just that that, because you said there's times in our past and our lives where we had these moments where we all kind of gathered together to sort of experience these moments. But for whatever reason, I could think of was it's not funny. The shuttle shuttle challenger exploding. Which was, I don't know why it's a joke. It's not a joke at all. But just that idea of why watching that, everyone kind of remembers if they were around watching that happen. But it didn't matter to us. Like it, it had no impact on the rest of my day yeah. you know, compared to this far yeah. away and it had no impact on me whatsoever. So yeah. not a problem, not a problem. I want to just change uh, gears slightly as we move on here. But, but keeping kind of in the same thing and, and, and feel free to, to say this is a stupid topic and let's not talk about it. Because again, you guys know more than I do. Um, I just want to touch briefly on that whole idea of stoking fear and anger and rage baiting and all that kind of stuff that happens that we saw in the States in 2016 moving forward. And it was really effective, really, really effective. And it, it gave birth to like a real, as you know, Steve, you said the, a real soundbite kind of world of even more than had been previously. Um, but where we get all these sort of slogans, how do we feel about these slogans? Like the, the conservative slogans, the axe, the tax and arrives. Oh, they're and, always three words. Bring it home. <laughs> Bring yeah. it home. Take back Canada. Where? where? Um, I mean, I, 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 from a marketing perspective, I think they're genius. I think that they work really, really well. It's, it's goes back to the old mm-hmm. marketing thing of think mink. It's the, it's just that it just, mm-hmm. it's easy to remember and it sticks in your head, like acts, the tax and stuff. Now I do feel whoever it was, one of the liberals, uh, had said, uh, started, uh, <laughs> trying to get people to catch on to, uh, acts, the facts. That's cute. Uh, that, that's I didn't funny. hear that one. I mean, that's pretty good. And they should have, they should have jumped oh, on that oh, a wait, bit more. Is that, okay. So I've heard that, but it's only like, it, it's super niche and it's medical <laughs> <laughs> records. Yeah. It's about in Alberta, there were people tweeting the other day, Axe the Facts, because there was like FAX. Because oh, yeah. The fax <laughs> machine. Because so, people still have to fax medical records because we live in 1970. <laughs> um, oh, man. So I think the fear mongering is the. So this is a thing that I think we're forever fighting against, right? Is fear mongering is crazy easy. Like, hostile angry content on tiktok like we have such an instant feedback system right like you post a video you get to see exactly how it's doing yeah and you can direct one-to-one compare it to a jillion others instantly and if you make something that is hostile or angry or whatever views through the roof yeah if you make like i refuse to make stuff calling out creators because i don't think it's worthwhile like like i go after the powerful not people on their phones Love it. If you do love it, people love the drama. Yeah. And so people love drama. People love conflict. And it's tough because what happens is all of that stuff. um, It's it's this veneer that hides the fact that there's just no underpinnings at all. And so I think that's where folks like Lisa and I try to come at things is from a place of substance. Yeah, because that's the only defense against that crap is to say, like, I'm talking about real things here, and he's just yammering axe the tax. Like, yeah. then what? Right? Like, and so I think that's, and it's it's tough because it's very much sort of like, you got to tell the t- truth 10 times to get rid of the lie that was told once. Sure. And it's super yeah. draining and frustrating, and it feels like you're peeing in the ocean. 
but I you can't stop. You can't I don't stop. know why you can't, you can't stop, stop. But you can't stop. Because I mean, this is the thing. Like they. <laughs> So with this Trumpism that's made its way up and, and these, these slogans and this, you know, these rallies, like, I mean, it's just a page book, a page out of the, what happened in the U.S., right? And, but, you know, in Canada, we're always like a few years behind. So now it's come this way. And that's, ex- yeah, I think it's like, I call I think right? it's like acid right? wash jeans. They're, they're popular in the States first. We just, we just got whatever TV show the was McRib, popular in yeah. at the time. Um, so, sorry. Um, <laughs> But it works. It worked in the States. It's working here optically. I don't know if it's actually going to work, you know, come poll time. But um, there's a subset of Canadians who want somebody to recognize them and fight for them. And, you know, the conservative leader has sort of grasped that. Now, it's zero substance. There's nothing behind it except these, you know, buzzwords that he likes to throw out, but people will cheer and bring signs that are positive and say, wah, wah, wah. Um, I know it's garbage, right? Anyone who knows anything about politics knows it's garbage, but Joe Canadian doesn't really know. They just know that, you know, they have to show up in October and do a vote at some point, right? Like that's all they know. So I can't stop breaking it down until people understand what, what this, the impact that this could have. And that's the concern, I think, for a lot of us is regardless whether it's municipal, provincial, federal, this is all about impact in the future. It's not just about today. So that's mm. why. I... And but there's another layer, too, which I think is there's a huge shortage in the media environment everywhere. But in Canada and, and North America, there's a shortage of progressive voices <laughs> and left leaning voices. Like there's people who get like yelled at for being a leftist that are definitely not a leftist. But what happens, the problem that you run into is that the interests of a lot of these right-leaning, you know, talking heads and um, politicians is that their interests Mm -hmm. and moneyed interests align. And so there's money flowing to them. And on the progressive Mm -hmm. side, there just isn't. And so the only way that you're going to get people pushing back on mass at the scale that you need against those narratives is organically. You need people to just pick up their phone and start telling their ideas and calling people out, mm. not, you know, not one another politicians right. and the right. powerful and the wealthy sure. and the billionaires, yeah. you know, they, yeah. they deserve it. They, they're doing they, fine. They have exactly. people for that. Exactly. <laughs> <That's fine>. exactly. <laughs> they don't watch your video. They pay someone else to. Exactly. Um, but it's, you know, I find it, do you think there's a, there's a, I often hope that there's like potential that if you could convince people or or tell them, explain to them somehow, you're being, this is kind of what I try to do. You're being fooled. You're being suckered. You're being taken for a sucker. You're getting the wool pulled over your eyes. And that's kind of what I try to do with the videos when I'm making the videos and making fun of something. I always think I'm going to be much more effective, at least for, for me, if I can, and this doesn't speak to your content because you actually know what you're talking about, whereas I only kind of do. Um, I don't have time to read the news. Um <laughs> Uh, but I, you know, I'll try to create something that'll have the angle of like, yeah, that is stupid. That is really dumb, isn't it? To get them to kind of buy into that idea. Like the, I did a video making fun of that. Uh, people said yeah. it was a green screened, yeah. uh, Polyev rally. Um, uh, but I, he wasn't green screened. He was just, he's just mess- messianically <laughs> lit. That was it. Um, and, uh, and I don't <laughs> mean that really in a cool with the real right? life <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I don't mean that in a cool way. That's, that's messianically lit, <laughs> not like a church youth group way. Uh, I mean like in a lighting way and, uh, it was still funny. And I thought to myself, you know, there's so many things that he's saying in this clip that if I was in the audience, I'd be like, screw you, man. I'm not the unwashed. Get out of here. What are you talking about? And it needed to be made fun of. And I started to feel like there's, I hope that there's this idea that uh, if you convince people or to explain to them, listen, this, this is what he's actually saying. Cause it sounds great in a, in a flurry, but when it's stopped yeah. and chopped and pulled apart into pieces, you go, Oh, this is just garbage. This is just nonsense. And I've really been noticing that in this past week about how the journalism uh, has kind of journalism has kind of stepped up and Canadian media stepped up a little bit. Uh, specifically with Polyev, where he'll say something, they'll be like, "What are you, what are you talking about?" Yeah. Or well, he when he'll ask them a question, they're like, "That's not how it works." And he tries man. to Get interview the interviewers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's so funny because like I, it, you, you, there are these very 
rote practiced games that these politicians play, right? Like the answer to the question you wish you'd been asked. Sure. Or, you know, try to, you know, pivot, pivot to mm. the thing you actually want to talk, like all this stuff. And so to see Poiliev, he's been playing this very fast, talky patter sort of game that you, sure. you were pointing at, where like, you know, he says just a lot of things fast. And it's called gish galloping, where you just say like a bunch of nonsense claims real quick. And when the other person is trying to refute them, if they don't get them all, then you won. Right. And so right, he right. does that with journalists all the time. And so the the trick to it is just really to focus in and to hold him to the original question. And they're finally doing it. It took like two years. Well, consider the guy's been promising he's got the answers to everything and then he doesn't answer anything. I think that was that that scale starting to tip a little bit. It's also a little bit. We used to have uh, like when we started our, our web development business like 25 years ago. Um, we had a client who was a like a Scientologist in Los Angeles and Beverly Hills, and it was like mixing with all this celebrity center and all that kind of stuff. It was really weird. We were getting like emails from uh, John Travolta and Kelly Preston telling us they'd like us to change the font and stuff. It was just bizarre. Hey. It was just really, really weird. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly. But one of the, weird, the weirdest things about it oh, that I learned. Let's, just, you, you, let's pick up that name you dropped over. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't get, want to be on a mailing list. I'm telling you that right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the record, I do not I do endorse not anything Stuart says about Scientology. <laughs> None of them are listening. It's fine. Don't worry. But what I find fascinating about it at the time, I was I remember learning about because I was like, what the hell is this? And I learned more about it and all that kind of stuff. And and uh, one of the tenets of, of discourse is to attack, never defend. And I noticed that exact same thing in Trump and that exact same thing in Polyev, <clears throat> where they'll be, they'll be held to task for something, they'll brought to task for something, and instead of actually defending it, they will attack. They'll never defend. They'll just constantly attack. And it's, it's literally one of the base sort of uh, methods of defense for Scientology when being questioned on it is like, yeah. don't defend it, attack the person instead. And it's fascinating to me. It's absolutely fascinating. And I feel see the same thing. And I'm just wondering why no one looks at this type of, you know, tactic and goes, well, this well, is we just do garbage. Though. This is like, just nonsense. Journalists don't. They need to be invited to the next presser. But, like, we can pick up the tells, right? Like, we see yeah. the tells of politicians. And so we can, as you do mm. in your playful playing of Polyev, that's an alliteration, um, you can show it. Like, you can show that's just good. how ridiculous it actually looks. By what you do, Steve and I just call it out because it's absurd, a lot of the stuff. Yeah. I think I think there's that, but I think there's also, like, um, focusing on sort of the, the tricks that they use matters a lot, too. Pointing at very specifically the games that they're playing and saying, like, yeah, this is what he's doing. Watch, he's yeah. doing this right now. Yeah. Right? I, I think, and the more that the media... Um, sort of holds his feet to the fire on questions like in in multiple cases this week the media held his feet to the fire and demanded yeah. the answer yeah. question, and the yeah. answer he gave was boneheaded yeah yeah right like puberty blockers if you're over 18 great news <laughs> for anybody over the age of 18 who wants to stop puberty let me, yeah. let me right get out that medical wire. journal that exactly. he's got right, right? Like, like, just, yeah yeah. And that's it. Like, as soon as he's forced to actually answer yeah. a question, it comes apart. And so I think that's that's what we need to keep encouraging from journalists. It was nice. Man, it was it was nice to see. It was, wasn't it? It was it was really nice to see because I know so many journalists and I think, God, you guys are smart. Like, why did there was like this deference that was happening in this sort of like kowtowing and it's like why why are we doing this to this guy it's but i understand exactly as you said that you know there's also that yeah. aspect of they need to be invited to the next presser they don't want to get in trouble i did watch one press conference uh live press conference on uh ctv news channel at some point and um this was like last week sometime and it was in brantford and he's answering questions <laughs> and the one <laughs> one reporter is just his voice and he said whatever his question was at the time. And it was an okay question. It was pretty good and pretty simple, pretty straightforward. And it was like, well, this should be good. And of course, Polyev just like started attacking rather than answering the question. 
and saying, you know, what do you mean by this? Blah, 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 blah. And asked a bunch of sort of comeback questions. And the guy, the guy said, uh, I, oh. I, I don't know. Yeah. My, my office just told me to ask that question. I was well, like, why, he was why are we sending Omni. you there, man? He was Listen, from I don't expect Omni. anybody to do this. I don't expect... <laughs> yes, exactly. He was from Omni. I was like, I don't expect you to know exactly how to do this. It's like that apple eating video. It's like, I don't expect you to be able to just take on this the potential world leader guy in a conversation right off the bat. But send your A-team. Send <laughs> right? your A-team. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I so I talked to a journalist about that and like I, apparently having like somebody cover your press conference is not tremendously uncommon. Sure. So I I'm willing to cut that journalist a little bit of slack here. It was I just many of them had the same question. So like he, the, I think the question got answered I, at some point. I actually felt bad for him because he probably was like, I guess, I guess I'll go. Right. <laughs> oh, so did I. Yeah, I, I just, Look, exactly. man, I'm just here to get the, that guy over there to sign yeah. my check. Looks, I yeah. don't really care whether you answer this question or not. Looks down at his text, sees, ask question before you leave. Okay. Done. That's what Look, man, I did again. my job. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, giving the guy a hard time. Good no. for him doing it. Because, again, it didn't sound like his job. It's like they'd sent some guy who fixes the vending machine to do it. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. this is unfair. This is totally unfair of this position to begin. Anyway, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it is good to see. And it's, it's, it's good to see. Uh, I, I think, you know, I was talking to someone else today, and I think that um, – that 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 ship, that Polyev ship, will will sink itself. The more and more light is exposed on it. Or, oh, you know. he he seems like someone that the more you get to know him, the more you like him. You know, it just <laughs> seems like you're warm to him over yeah. time. That's why you hear so many stories from close lifelong friends Mus about him. Mustafa, yes. I'm sure Mustafa yes, thinks that, that highly of him. <laughs> Does he? Oh my like, god, the Mustafa thing. I love that so much. Yes. But like does Polly have sleep yes. in a pod? Does anybody actually like hang out with him in real life? I I am hundred percent that is what he sleeps in. <laughs> yeah. Does he I feel no, like he's his, his arms like this? Can't be though. touching. Can't, no. <laughs> you know what I think? <sighs> oh. When he wakes up, does he like sit up or does he just go he straight have... to standing? No knees. No knees. Don't ruin what we do in the shadows oh. for me. I enjoy that show. It's one of those things that, you know, if I had magic powers, like I would like to know, does he actually believe the garbage that comes out of his mouth or is it just a means to an end for him? Right? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. I don't think he's a dummy at all. I think he's a smart guy. I think he's a smart guy who has risen to this position of power for how, however he did that, to be honest. Um, because I'm not exactly sure how it follows after going through. I mean, I looked at uh, looking at uh, Aaron O'Toole, who I wasn't a big fan of, but at the mm -hmm. same time, I'm like, we could have done worse than that. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Andrew Shear, <laughs> lucky escape. Um, and uh, one of my there's another name I could drop. One of my proudest moments. I was the I was the ambassador of the Canada Day parade in a small township nearby. And I was asked, and I said, I won't do it. I said, I'm not, I can't do this. Nice. And they said, we're going to give you a sash. And I said, okay, I'll do it. Uh, and it was a nice sash. Of course. Really, really you, nice. you don't give sash. away I've a still sash. got it right here. <laughs> I've got it right here. <laughs> I love that it's within easy reach. What if I need it? He has to validate the story. <laughs> I mean, whenever your sash-related needs come. Oh, my God. For those of you listening, oh. it says Right Honorable Brittle Star on it. That needs and then to be on the other side says Magnificent. I love it. Which is a bit close to Grand I want a sash. Um, <laughs> and it's got a nice, what What do they um, call this so thing? A ribbon? That thing. This, this A ribbon? I'm sorry, no, we're the common no, folk without sashes. We don't know what happens. <laughs> That's us non-sash folks. Any of you out there listening or watching own a sash, if you could tell me what that's called, that'd be great. <laughs> anyway, I met I I he was there, and there's a whole other story to him being there, and he is just as wonderful as you think. And um he I turned around, but I didn't know who he was. I I meaning I I had obviously heard his name and stuff, and he yep. I turned around and I and I knew that I didn't like him. 
Um, but I said, hi, I'm Stuart, and you are? And he went, kind of taken aback, I'm, I'm, I'm Andrew Shear. I went, oh. And I turned back and I said to myself, I'm going to spend all day not being in pictures with you. And I was, we were, in, we were cutting cake. We were cutting cake together in this tiny little shack. And I was like, nope. If this cake's going to be big enough, I'm at the other end of this goddamn cake. Because I am not going to be smiling and chuckling that. up. I respect that. Yeah. Oh man, you see, I I I haven't been invited to any big big to dos quite like that. It's I've, all going to change my, after this I've, episode. I've been invited to Peacock Days in Sourist, Manitoba. Oh. And I say this with the fondest reverence because I had a delightful time. I love this thing. Sure. But it is literally just like a Peacock-themed small-town festival, and I was invited to be one of these celebrity guests for the Peacock Calling Competition. How'd you do? I wore an inflatable T-Rex costume. It was 40 degrees. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. <laughs> and I lost. Yeah, so that's horrible. To the mayor. It was rigged. Oh, that's an in it's rigged. The they just, was they needed mayor. an out-of-towner yeah, exactly. to come in to be the fall guy. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. You need... Exactly. Right? For you the record, go to Suriz, Peacock Days, I had a blast. But. You think you're so cool in the big city of Regina? Come on out here, where life really happens. To Suriz, Manitoba. They let me fly a plane. Like from where? Come on. Legit. There's an is... old World War II airbase right there. You just got to pick so... a plane and fly it? No, they like they take you up and then yeah. like we're we're up and the guy's like, Yeah, you can take some footage and stuff, and I take some footage, and then he's like, You want to fly it? I was like, uh, I feel like I shouldn't. Yeah, he's like, No, that's it's, exactly it's, just it's like you and me. I think that's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, You're sure this is a thing I'm doing right now? And then now? he he's like, you yeah. on his lap and, then, and he's like, just go yeah. ahead, take it. <laughs> Grab he's, the he's like, yeah, you can pitch it this way and that way. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm flying a plane. And I've never, <laughs> like, I was flying it like this with my shoulders around my ears like the entire time. Sure, yeah. But well, because you're was cool, <laughs> See, and people say we should trust the, the country folk more. Right? And right? I think that's a terrible idea, apparently. At least when it comes to aviation. Oh, yeah. When it comes to aviation. Reckless aviation. <laughs> Reckless aviation. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, we've been chatting for a while. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to keep going, but I, still, I don't want to keep you guys too long. Um, if you'd like to go into the bargaining conversation. Yeah, we that's, that. a big one. that's a big no, one. We can punt on that till next time for sure. That's oh, a, yeah. That's a deep well that yeah. I feel yeah. like we can yammer about endlessly. Okay. Well, let's finish off and just a little uh, quick uh, thoughts on uh, a kind of a continuation of the Trumpism and all that sort of nonsense that's coming through. That sort of it's it's a weird. I guess I was going to say as well. Yeah. We we all agree that Polyev's just a libertarian, right? Am I wrong? Well, so this is this is what I was going to say. Is like I think a lot of people compare Polyev to Trump, and I think it's the wrong comparison. He yeah. is a dyed in the wool yeah. Ayn Rand Republican. Yeah. He's Paul Ryan. Yeah, fair. Right. Right. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like yeah. he he comes from it from a government bad government gotta go. And he'll say yeah. and do whatever it takes to except, make that happen. Except his own bread and butter for decades. Oh yeah. If, you think if he the wants government to gotta go, goes, come on. then he and gotta go. <laughs> but I don't think he hasn't done that math yet, I don't think, right? Then he so. gotta go too. Oh, the bad. No, no, no. He only wants the bad bits of government. I He's the good bit. He's the good bit. I did find it fantastic <laughs> when he started his whole campaign as leader for uh, Pierre for PM. And I was like, that's that's not even how it works, man. That's not we do. Like, we don't but vote his for base doesn't minister. know that. Like, that's just not how it works. <laughs> that's the problem. And I, I just. No, I know. I just. It baffles me that somehow half the country is enamored with the most obnoxious yeah. person in your poli sci class. <laughs> like he, the guy who that has is, more yeah. of a comment like than a question. Model parliament. Yeah. Like, he is that guy who wore a suit to your With university classes, and you're just 100%. like, I need you to never talk that. ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and everybody's like, that's my guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, really? You know, I think you know. It, it, if I was going to defend people for supporting him, I would say that one of the things is going back to that point about the pandemic and all that kind of stuff is that. Uh, for a lot of people, the news has never affected yeah. them. Now, it, it, with the pandemic, for sure, it affected them. 
And then now they're suddenly kind of aware of all this other stuff and like, wait, carbon tax, I think I pay for that. Whereas they might not even have been aware of that prior to, you know, the pandemic happening because why bother? Who cares? You pay what it is. Uh, until you run and, out of money, it's not a bad thing. It's pretty small. Like it's been escalating over time. Yes. So it's getting more and more noticeable. Yeah, too. absolutely. But I think that's like, to me, I always think it's like, uh, you know, everybody's, everybody's yeah. swimming. Everyone's trying to tread water. And uh, it's, it's really hard for, you know, there's, there's people who are treading water and holding up families at the same time. And they're going, yeah, but pay attention to what he's saying about carbon tax. Pay attention to what he's saying about uh, whatever. And and they're like, listen, man, I'm swimming. This is this is if I let, if I don't if I stop doing this to pay attention to that, one of us is going to drown. And I think there's a lot of that aspect, and it's partially there's some laziness to it for sure, but I think there's also just that idea of that they've never had to before in their lives, and so they think, well, it's fine. I think that's why you get that ping pong of like liberal conservative, liberal conservative, back and forth. And I think you know. Really good examples throughout history as well. In Ontario, when Mike Harris was elected uh, premier, uh, I was somewhat aware it was happening. I was uh, of politics at the time. Um, but I remember vividly thinking to myself, people were really upset when he got into government and started cutting nurses, cutting teaching and all that kind of stuff. And I remember thinking to myself, but he said all that stuff. He said he was going to do that stuff. I didn't vote for him because I think it's a terrible idea. But at least the guy did what he said he was going to do, and now you're upset with him. And I think it was that idea of, like, people just don't even know. They don't even pay attention to what's happening. Yeah. And they'll just vote well, for whoever sounds like a change. But there's, there's, there's a second layer behind that, which is those feelings of frustrations that people have go back to the fact that the bill is coming due for 30 years mm -hmm. of underfunding basically everything. Yes, absolutely. And that's a difficult truth to face, is that, mm -hmm. like, we're probably going to have to deal with that in an uncomfortable way, mm -hmm. right? Like there's, there's a conversation to be had about how, but it's not going to be free to deal with healthcare, yeah. education, yeah. modernizing yeah. the electric grid. Blah, it, there's a million billion things that haven't we've known and haven't done anything about. And so when you have people who are saying we need a, a solution that addresses the difficult problem, Versus one group who's saying, we're just going to get angry and not do anything. Yeah. It's one's easy and satisfying, but it's not an answer. But people are grabbing onto it tight. The and thing I, is, is that when man, he says, when he goes on his concerning. little I guess the, tours of Canada and he says what he says, that's all fine and good. You know, he's got the, the lighting and everything. But they also have to take sure. a look. At, they have to take a look at what's happening <laughs> The way that they're voting on things now, because he can go out and say anything he wants to say about housing, about, you know, children, you know, all, but how are they voting in Parliament? And I don't think that's what Joe Canadian is looking at. They're looking at yeah. him with his T-shirt and his packs and bought and paid for. But but they don't see when he's in the suit how he and his party are voting. And I think we're in a we're in a situation which really yeah. sucks in a country. Of, yeah. You can't like Pierre because you don't like Justin. And that's that's what all this is. They like Pierre because they hate Justin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I guess it's terrible, and I wish there was better choices. I think you know, uh, having known a lot of other conservatives, and also in my voice in my life, voting for I voted for conservatives before I voted for NDP before I voted for liberal before, and very much right. trying to vote for what's going to serve our riding the best. Essentially, where I'm voting when it comes to federal elections specifically. Um, and I think that uh, I feel like I, we, you know myself and Shannon, my wife, are one of few of our friends who right. are even aware of what we were voting for, which is kind of scary. And I can only hope that I've, you know, kind of saying the whole thing about how the first time news had affected people was the pandemic for a lot of people. Um, I'm hoping that kind of opens their eyes now to make them like think, well, maybe I should maybe brush up a little bit. You know, maybe I should. Well, and I think that's where you know. Even stuff like Lisa and I's content and, and the videos that you make and even podcasts like this are a part of that. Like, I agree. One yeah. of the things that we need to do with news is to make it digestible, right? It can yeah. be a lot to take in. And so putting it in manageable bites and, and welcoming packages is a really important part of that. Because people, like policies, dry as dust. It is. And so how do you make it dance? Well, you, you have interesting conversations about it. You look at the structural issues behind it. Like you look at it as a part of a larger context. 
or you make goofy jokes or you put your face on a silly filter you, that makes you dance you in a heatily Or you don't. Oh, yeah. Lisa, um, do the heart thing again. Will it work? Do, do the heart thing. <gasps> will it work? <laughs> there. There, oh! Look at that. What a time to be alive. For those of you listening at home, Lisa I'm just mad. made a heart sign with her hands and then hearts came out of it. And, and neither neither Stuart nor I have access to the technology. No, we can't. I don't think that's we, not really a heart. Yeah. I've made a pair. I've made a pair. Like, would a Swifty? Does a Swifty heart do it? That's the worst Swifty heart imaginable. Oh, I'm making no, it work. All right. Well, let's just let's just wrap this up. I really like the idea, Steve. You had of, of us doing an uh, uh, improvised uh, theme. So let's do a theme a little bit. But we should break it down into pieces. So one of us should, should do percussion. One should do instruments and one should do vocals, which is contract, just the, okay. the name of the show over and over again. <laughs> okay, well, I, I feel I feel like uh, I'll, I'll bring up the bass here. Oh, okay, so you no, know, I'll do drums. Uh, Lisa, do you want to be no uh, vocals to or drums? All right, well, you start us off. Start us off. Give us a punk beat. Well, thanks for listening. Hey, listen, subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Uh, make, like, this is a good intro. I think. And uh, subscribe and do all the things and share and uh, tell all your friends, tell the whole bunch. And just remember, thanks for listening to Podcast is Broken. Here's our theme for this episode. Podcast is broken. Podcast is broken. Podcast. Podcast is broken. That was horrible. That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Yours, I was like, I was well, like, where's that Seinfeld? <laughs> I, I, I felt it was good for us to cut it just in case at that point because I was worried about copyright. Oh man! Oh, where do we go next? Where do we go next? Don't hang up. Don't, don't leave yet. I'm going to stop recording, go but don't leave. Don't leave. Go away. Every, go everyone away. else listening, if I didn't bother editing this, you guys can leave.